Right, welcome to another episode of Not Investment Advice. This is Bilal Zaidi, and we've got the NIA boys here. We've got Trunk Fan, me, Master Flex himself, and Jack Butcher, founder of Visualized Value with his fancy Dior hat on. Yo, what is What's that? What's that What's D-Y-O-R? Do your own research. Cover drunk. Oh my got- <laughs> goodness, bro. <laughs> you got to get with the, with the meme lingo, son. What the- yo, <laughs> yo. I got to give a hat tip to uh, Michael Brandt for this one, too. He told it's you to make idea. that? It's his idea, yeah. Are, you, are they selling all the shelves? NIA listener. NIA listener. Uh, yeah, they sold well, yeah. Oh my God. That is genius, dude. <laughs> it's hilarious. All right. Well, if you're listening to this, you can see it's Dior, D Y O R in the Dior brand typography, which is pretty slick. Under fair use, satire use. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one's coming for you. Um, so listen, boys, we've got a lot to cover today. It's going to be three big topics. Constitution Dow, we're going to break that down, what the hell is going on. Um, Domino's is a tech company. And a lot of people don't know, but Domino's has been one of the best investments of the last like 10 years or something like Bro, that. 19 times return. For, like, Isn't the last that crazy? It's, it's better... It's a better return like Google and Facebook and stuff, I, I think. Yeah, it's a 1 billion to 19 billion, just comical. Insane. That's Insane. incredible. So $6 yeah. pizzas. Yeah. Who would have thought it, man? Who would have thought? Who would have thought? And then we're going to talk a little bit about Axie Infinity potentially declining and some numbers around that. We've covered them in the past. Uh, so let's just kick it off, boys. Constitution Dow. What the hell is this? Who wants to give this a go? Because I've been following it. 20 minutes before this call, I just threw in a little donation, a small amount, just to just to make sure it's captured on the chain. So I remember this. Did moment. you did you change your uh, Twitter profile picture to the two? Uh, <laughs> no, I didn't do that. You got to do, do it, that. man. You're in. I've I've just literally did it and jumped on this call. So maybe after. Okay, but let, Jack. Let's, let's take a step back. What the hell is Constitution Dow? What's been going on? Because I think by the time people hear this, there will be obviously some up, from some updates. But we want to give the kind of high level today. Yeah, the day the oh would have the result will have concluded by the time you're listening to this. But we're recording this on Tuesday, the sixteenth of November. A little early because of because Thanksgiving next week, so we had to exactly. record a bit early. So Thursday of this week, um, the eighteenth, a copy of the Constitution is going on auction at Sotheby's in New York. So there's eleven privately. So there's eleven copies of the constitution and this is the only the, the last time this went on sale was 33 years ago um i'm not going to remember the name of the person who owns it but she has pledged to donate all of the proceeds of the auction i believe to like democracy education cause of some description so it's been held in a private collection for 33 years it's going up for auction and the my interpretation of what happened in the last week or so is a group of people in the Ethereum community were like, oh, let's let's bid on this thing. Obviously, it aligns pretty closely with the the, the world of NFTs and people spending um, or pooling together capital to, to buy pieces of art. And the Constitution obviously shares some parallels with the idealistic vision of web three right everybody's an owner in this shared vision of a better world etc <laughs> so um the idea or went from an idea to like the 
I think about 13 people are running it in inverted commas. Like they've, um, they're organizing it, putting together relationships with Sotheby's to make sure they can place bids, like setting up multi-sig wallets where they can receive funds, um, building a front end where you can like view what's happening and see the total and below that site that you just contributed to. I forget the name of that service. Can you remember what it's yeah, called? It's called Juice Box or Juice something. Box. Let me, I think it's yeah. I'll share share my screen in seconds for people on YouTube can see what it looks like. But Which what, my what understanding of that is like a it's a service that allows you to um, pull capital in a multi sig wallet. Um, so there's a Discord and every other. Um, you know, it kind of follows the roadmap of every other Ethereum-based project, the Discord, the Twitter community, the the uh, suffix to the name, which is the scroll, comma, scroll that you'll see around on Twitter. So they're, they're thinking that they're going to need to raise 20 million, which I think is a su- the low end of the Sotheby's estimate. And I think at the time of recording, they're at five million right now yeah 5.6 yeah. i just shared on the screen With 48 hours to go and how many contributors did it say how many it contributors says, so far? Uh, anyway it's a few hundred i think it's a few in the hundreds right now um and uh packy mccormick has been on cnbc talking about this he did a not boring about it um i spoke to a couple of people today and i uh they told me that based on like the formalization of a few things like getting the multi-sig set up and 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 having like uh these 13 trusted people that are running it or are responsible for like signing off on some of the bigger decisions is attracting a lot more capital at the higher end so hopefully Ooh. by the, by the time so some, rolls around. some ethereum will will just come in and be like all right i'm backing you guys uh we're buying this thing which brings up the question again this would have already been settled by now but i'm going to throw a prediction in case it happens and i'll look prophetic what if a bitcoin maxi comes in and just like <laughs> just buys it up? what if michael won't spend it just hold it for another year. You could buy ele- all 11 oh, constitutions. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, actually, yeah. We could, uh, Jack, can you, can you explain what a multi-sig wallet is? So um, rudimentary explanation is what I'm capable of. It's essentially, you know, the same way you would have a hardware wallet where there's, um, there's a procedure that you have to go through to sign a key to release funds or sign a transaction. It's the same concept, but it's multiple participants that have to uh, that have to sign that transaction. So I believe it's twelve or thirteen people in this case, which ah, okay. obviously means you know you have a little security and protection and procedure. Someone comes run off with it, basically. Right, right, right. Yeah. And and these people like that are doing that are all I believe all like operating under their real name as well. Yeah, and yeah. This they're is established on CNBC like Twitter and, guys, yeah, uh, and girls, I believe. Uh, so I don't think there's any, you know, I, this is would be an extremely elaborate, like film-worthy scam, but it, the, the people behind it are legit. I think I think you brought up a good point, though, which I wanted to touch on is uh, you mentioned the 13 people. Uh, so Ben Thompson for Tech actually wrote this morning about – uh, he went through the FAQ and this is what he found. Again, this could have all have changed because this is such a fast moving thing. Like we're speaking on Tuesday and this all came together in like the last four or five days, right? Mm-hmm. So he was pointing out in the FAQ that 
the actual purchaser of on, on record is an LLC, which has two people attached to it. And, and I guess this is the point that, uh, that um, you brought up, Jack, is to bring up the big uh, ETH whales. They're going to want to know what's going on with the LLC, right? They're like, where, like, where is this money actually going to end up? And, and the other part of it is the, the structure of it. You're not buying a piece of the constitution. You're buying a piece of a governance token, right? Mm-hmm. And was, is it dollar sign people? I believe that's a governance yeah, yeah, token. Yeah. So you get a piece of the governance token and uh, presumably with how much you put into it, that's going to be your voting percentage. You get to vote where it ends up. I believe I believe that they're speaking with a Smithsonian, which is, uh, you mentioned, they're in contact with uh, all these third parties about where to buy it from. So this would be saying, okay, we'll take a bid and then where are you going to take it? The other thing that was mentioned was the uh, can DAOs own a physical thing? Uh, the, I think that was a big question. It's just like in terms of, because Sotheby's has KYC, know your customer responsibilities, right? So they're going to have to figure out, all right, how many people are attached to this LLC mm-hmm. and what's their background? And yeah, I mean, it's all going to be resolved by this time next week. So I have a question because the listeners will be like, oh, guys, this has already happened. Like, this is such old news. So now we get to play the game where we'll make predictions and you get to make fun of it. Jack, if you're to predict, you think they will be able to purchase this thing? And what is the probability you had assigned to that? I think eighty percent. I would say you got. It's just like just from like the the hype and energy and the meme. Like man, you're putting the meme index on this. It's quite the meme. Yeah, the meme also brings out the competing bidder from the other side, right? It could bring out the Ah, anti-crypto. Like I'm going to show these kids. You know, I'm going to throw down (laughs) a fifty million dollar bid, and everybody that's that's competing against them knows exactly how much they raised. Which is yeah, that's so that's an easy that's a thing, right? This that's why a good plan for an the auction. Whale. That doesn't yeah. really help you. Well, maybe you Charlie just... Munger comes in and outbids him by a dollar. <laughs> <laughs> no, legit, right? Oh, this is so the I, I said what if Sailor came in? That was the wrong one to use. What's the old money crypto person, right? Like who's the old school dude that wants to stick it to these young crypto kids? Yeah, and and like I think uh, regardless, it's like. What's fascinating to me is the obviously the constitution is a a document that everybody recognizes. Yeah. But the amount of money with respect to like some of the transactions you see in the Ethereum art world is not that significant, right? There are people sold a piece for twenty nine million last week. We've already forgotten about it. Yeah. Um, but the amount of press that this has gotten relative to you know, a piece of crypto art has been massive because it's a story. So there, Wall Street Journal's written about it. Yeah. Forbes, Fortune, just, you know, you name it, it's, it's in the press. So I bet it'll be a hundred mil. I bet this thing will sell for hundred mil. Just, just from the hype That's factor. Wild. It's just, yeah, it's, 20 it's mil kind of an interesting, right, man. it's an interesting, uh, like game you play hyping it up because you obviously, you're obviously bringing in a ton of yeah. um, interest on the other side. Um, but yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I also, my read on it is like old school, early crypto is less interested than the like second wave yeah. of crypto people, if that makes sense. You mean like old school Bitcoin maxis versus I mean like I, I mean like, you know, like meme heavy crypto Twitter is is less into this than like VC 
crypto Twitter. Ah, that's interesting. Oh, god! Like it. they're like they're more excited about a, a big crypto punk sale, right? Pepe the Frog, you know, yeah. like they love yeah. the like the the crypto native stuff, and I think, um, yeah, I would, I would. You know, it's kind of like the the phases of evolution of. Oh, the that's so fascinating! What a interesting way to think about it. Um, so we'll see, and I don't think I don't think there's as much firepower in that world. Maybe at scale there is, but like Metacoven, the dude that bought the first people five thousand days yeah. for sixty nine million bucks on his own, that's a different world, right? Yeah, yeah. That's well. I the believe interesting our thing friend is, Osman calls them Giga Chads. Giga, yeah, 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 Giga Chad, Giga Wells. <laughs> but one thing I was going to add is, this isn't really investment, right? So, like the guy who, you know, paid sixty nine million dollars for that people, obviously he's doing it because he has enough money to do this forever and still have money left over. But technically, on paper, he's probably seeing that as well. This is going to maintain its value one day if I want to sell it. I can sell it 20 years from now. Yeah. I, I doubt he's ever going to sell it, but you know what I mean? Versus this, this is more, this isn't really like they say on there, this isn't, you're not really getting anything. You're just, it's kind of like a donation it's a almost. gesture, yeah. And that's the difference between, we've talked about this on the pod before, but like buying something and transacting something of value that someone keeps and has that value versus essentially a charitable giving, even if this isn't real chariot like i don't know if you can get a refund on your tax return with this for example right, right. like if it's i don't know if it's a 501c3 obviously right because it's a DAO. <laughs> so it's just like that i mean we've talked about it before but the scale of just giving when the intent is oh i just want to give something for fun uh, or to like help a good cause is often quite a different scale to like oh, i'm yeah. going to actually have value in transacting yeah. something so yeah that's a great point i think um this is not actually a follow-up to what you said, Bilal, but it goes back to something Trunks said, which is the LLC point. In the same way that you need like a crypto off-ramp to fiat as a monetary system, you need a crypto off-ramp to an LLC as like a recognized business vehicle in the real world, right? There's If I went into HSBC and said, hey, I need to set up a bank account for my DAO. <laughs> Damn that's a dumb comparison, but you know what I'm saying? The idea that like, if you want to interact with Sotheby's, you can operate completely crypto natively. And like, it is a gesture and like, uh, it's more of an idea than like this purely like crypto executed idea. Cause it can't work that way. Yeah. The way the asset exactly. is custodied. Well, uh, our previous, another guest, Alex Cohen, uh, shit poster, uh, extraordinaire. He, he, he did a tweet yesterday. He's like, he's like, and he's being very general. I mean, he's a FinTech investor, uh, former FinTech founder. It's not super into the crypto space to my understanding or my the conversation with him, but he wrote a tweet. He's just like, I, I still can't tease out the difference or fully the difference between like DAOs and like an unregulated special purpose vehicle, right? It's like, they're just pools of money. The the speed with which the DAO is happening is, I mean, I think speed is really what the difference is, right? It's the speed and, mm -hmm. you know, allegedly the trans, the legibility and transparency of these transactions. But having said that is like, there's a lot of similarities, right? Like, like people put SPVs together, spin them up every single day to invest in like secondaries of hot startups, right? Um, the, the, there's a meme factor to it. There's a speed and obviously these crypto layers are involved. But I mean, Jack, like you said, there's like, you still need the off-ramp to the real world. Yep. Yep. So we'll, today we'll see you how do. it plays out. We'll see how it plays out. Well, yeah, last I thought, 
last thought. Sorry, man, we cut you off because you brought it up with uh, with with the lady. Uh, it is a lady who's selling it, and she said she is going to give the funds to a democracy education type thing. Mom, <laughs> I, I think Solibi is going to turn into Fiat and give it to her. But how funny would it be if she just kept it on ETH wallet and just start aping? Fine toes. Hot wallet, hot wallet. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, I wonder she how that it, works. I'm sure she's getting a nice crispy check, my friend. Yeah, what well, well, didn't she say she's giving it away? But like, is, well, how would that work? It's going to have to be Fiat. I'm just saying right? they'll, 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 yeah. oh. they'll deliver it as Fiat. Well, it's like blah, like you did with Charity Water. Oh, right? you mean like that massive check? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, what happened when you guys got the money at Charity Water? You immediately just had to sell it down, right? Like all through the yeah. night. Teresa was up at 3 a.m. converting on Gemini. <laughs> Teresa, the accountant. <laughs> That's actually her name. I hope she doesn't mind me saying that. But uh, um, <laughs> yeah, anything else to say? Anything else to add on this? I mean, I will say check out Packy's Not Boring right up before. It's actually pretty good. And what, what was interesting is like the amount of things they had to do in such a short period of time. Yeah. Mm. And just based on that, I'm assuming it's a shit show. Like this is not a bad thing. I'm just saying like anything like this is already really tough to do. But like to do this in this at this speed is quite impressive. Yeah, so yeah. the fact they got the website up, they have to figure out the legal structure. They got, I think, FTX to um, say that they could like do the transaction for them or something like that. Because it's not just yeah, like th there's all these kind of specific things that you need to figure out. So the fact they did that already is just a bunch of dudes and or and women as well in a Discord. Um, trying to figure this out is pretty cool but again I don't, I don't know enough about it and it could be a week from now we're like oh my god what shit show that was <laughs> <laughs> someone ran off with all this money but no no i don't think okay, that's, no, the case. that's not gonna happen but no, man no, the, no, beam, is, the beam is so strong though like regardless of what the result is is like the meme was so strong like it's incredible when i saw that first i'm like a is gonna buy the constitution this is genius this is the first instinct i'm like this is so and i know that uh also, just to mention that Packy not boring article, he talked about how the meme was so important. This is a Nick Cage and the National Treasure memes. I have to say, the memes haven't been as good as I expected for something that was so meme -y. Like, Like, for example, when Facebook changed the meta, those memes were off the hook, son. I was like, <laughs> I was in stitches laughing. I have yet to be in stitches. There's some good ones, but uh, I haven't killed over laughing just yet. I'm, I'm sure it's coming. It's like, it's also a bit, a bit, weighty of a subject as well yeah you know, yeah like, yeah there's right? a lot yeah. of there's a lot of weight to it so it's like how far can you actually take it without it being like, totally right yeah, i feel it's like it's so... more like touching moving messages like, like i'm yeah. reading some of them on here first generation immigrant proud owner yeah, of the u.s exactly. constitution you're like all right that's not funny but all right cool that, but that's you don't want to have to break into them and say ashley man it's not uh you don't get fractionalized <laughs> ownership there that's uh you get a governance token from an llc and uh no what I, what I technicality, want, last, technicality. Yeah, exactly right last thought on that is uh uh the yeah there i mean there's literally 30 percent of the u.s population where you say the word u.s constitution they're gonna be like, you're a racist that's a racist document right like that that's the world we're living in right now i think jack nailed it it's like there's this whole subsector of america that hates crypto and they're probably actually just in the woke culture they're also very like you know super woke also and they they look at the u.s constitution as this like very negative document right it's like the ny times is 1619 project that's uh, basically saying that the start of the united states was not uh 1776 but it was 1619 when the first slaves arrived right it's like that ilk of like 
that's what to Jack's point is like, <laughs> there's only so far you can take the jokes, right? Well, Capital, did you guys listen? Uh, it just dropped oh today. Oh my God, Balaji. four and a half hours. So, I'm Tim saving Paris that for the plane Balaji. tomorrow, man. I've got. Uh, oh, yeah, that's right. Find out West, brother. But yeah, we got. Uh, yeah, I mean, people should check that out as well. Maybe we'll talk about it at some point. But Balaji is going off on the, the woke capital versus communist capital versus crypto capital. Pretty, quite interesting. Um, all right, boys. Yeah, I think we can wrap that one up. But. I will say either way, I think it's a fun experiment. That's why I threw in a tiny little amount just to like remember Dude, you gotta it. Put, it's on the put chain. Put the things son. on your name, bro. Put the things on it your is, name. It's on, it's, on my, uh, it's on my ETH. It's on my ETH name. Uh, so yeah, one day I can look at it and be like, oh, that was fun. It was either amazing or it was a stupid and fun. Either way, I think it's like worth playing around with. It's, it's a pretty cool experiment. Um, anything else, boys, before we wrap that up? That was good. All right, why don't we do a quick uh, thing on Axie first since it's kind of in the same world and then we can yeah. finish off with Domino's because that one, I, I do want to dig into that. Let's um, dig into the Oh Yeah, definitely do that, buddy. So Axie, what's been going on? So Trung shared this, either in our, I think it was Trung or one of you two shared this Substack article. Um, I'm just pulling it up right here. But yeah, it was about the incredible growth of Axie Infinity tailing off. Yes. And yeah, I didn't read the full thing. So I'll, I can Trung, walk was this it. you? Yeah. Yeah. So super interesting what's going on is, uh, so we talked about Axie a couple months ago and uh, describing how it's like the play to earn a new crypto-based model where, oh, you can make a living playing a game and, you know, it's crypto-based. So you're getting paid essentially to play this game, right? Versus Activision or EA where if you play the, uh, there and you spend money in their economy, they take... I think that the, the the variable we use is a take rate, right? Like EA takes 100% of everything. Whereas the equivalent in the Axie economy was 4.5%. Uh, that's their take rate. So that was part of what we were talking about. Is like, does crypto enable a whole new game? Axie Infinity is on the vanguard of this. It's like, think uh, about crypto kitties meets like Pokemon, uh, all intermediated by crypto. And it's like its own economy. So a big a big criticism of that that we, we touched on and people talked about is like, do people actually want to play games for a living? Like, doesn't that just become kind of this dystopian hellhole? And that's actually, so the statistics that I put in our group chat, so I'm going to walk through them. What's happening essentially, and we've touched on this. I'm happy for, I want to discuss these points with these guys is, so when we touched on it a couple months back or a couple weeks back, we were just like, well, actually Filipino players, 60% of the players are from the Philippines. I think 80% are from Southeast Asia. They're making basically a living wage. But actually... That living wage now is no longer a living wage. So the game's gotten so competitive that the players are now no longer making basically the base level of money. So that's one thing. Uh, and that was actually the point of the criticism is like, well, it's working right now, but can that mechanic continue? And then what was brought up by this research is very interesting. They said, the problem with this to play to earn is you still need people that go there just to enjoy themselves compared to a carnival. Imagine that you, uh, you, me, Bilal, uh, Jack, and then we just went to the carnival and hundreds of other people came with us. And every single person that went to the carnival bought a $5 admission, but they expected that when they left the carnival, they had $6, right? That's basically what's happening in the Axie Infinity world. It got flooded with people that were going there to make money instead of actually playing a game. So if every single person wants to walk out of the carnival at $6, the economics no longer work, right? So, like, what do you guys think about that? That's like the, the crux of the criticism. 
You know, as you explained the or made the comparison to Activision, it's also like this is going to sound controversial. It's like <laughs> if you give ninety six percent of or you know a hundred percent of the value back to the users, like the game doesn't get any better, right? You're not reinvesting that in improving right. the game. So eventually, like people get burned out on just like how boring the game is, essentially, right? Like yeah. the take rate is a good frame for like, you know, villainizing the game yeah. studio. Yeah. But at the same time, it's like they're probably their margin is not what they're taking right, out right, of right. the game, right? They're paying the most talented game designers and developers in the world and organizing that talent to create something great. And I think that's we've talked about this on this podcast. It's like, yes, all of these models allow people to organize maybe with a little less friction. But that doesn't necessarily lead to like an Activision beating company out of the game. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's a very, very, very tall ask to develop something. You, I think you use the Apple comparison, Trung, where it's like there's a top-down vision here where this person has decided we're going to make this thing and we will like literally bend the universe to make this yeah. happen, get the right people in place versus hey, this is a complete free-for-all. Like, There's going to be a governance vote at the end of the week. And if everyone's just going to vote for the option that makes you the most money in the short term, doesn't necessarily lead to us creating the best That's product in point. the world. I think, uh, so the thing that they brought up here, which I, I think dovetails with your point is, they're saying that like when we looked at the stats, like everybody's like, oh my God, because they've just raised a massive round from Andreessen, right? It's like $300 million or $200 million. And then people are looking at the retention stats, like, oh my God, when you go to play this game, it's like 90, 95% retention month on month or whatever, like quarter on quarter. But then the guy's just like, well, actually, if it's like, that's impressive for a game, but like, that's pretty normal for a day job. Right? <laughs> like, if that's your day job, you're going to retain your day job, right? You're going to keep playing on the platform. And to Jack's point, like, if people aren't, I think the, the my main takeaways like there has to be just still the fun element right like if if you just turn it into this and this isn't to say like there are video games where like sim city is like you're kind of building an economy too right but there, there seems to be a part where like if everyone you're competing against are playing 12 hours a day living in the philippines i think jackie nailed it what is their incentive to be there right their incentive is if okay if i can make x amount then i'm going to keep playing but the other point that was so interesting was like Here's an here's an example. Online gambling. So this is what happened at the beginning of online gambling. If you were a professional poker player when online gambling hit in like whatever the early 2000s, you could just wipe the floor with the amateurs that came it's on. It's an right? inefficient market. Yeah. Right? But what happens? What happened five years later? All the inefficient people lost all their money. Don't want to play anymore. So now you're just playing against other sharks. And like, that's why the equivalent of like the, the minimum that you're making on Axie is going down now is like, well, actually people are just getting clubbed over the head. Can't play. I can't play 12 hours a day on Axie. This Filipino guy is going to crush me every day. So like, I'm just going to leave the platform. So what's left? It's a bunch of like A plus level Axie players just battling it out, making less than the minimum wage in the Philippines. I think that's what's happening right now. So having said that, oh, go ahead, Bala. No, no, no. Go, go finish your point. I'll, I'll say after. Oh, no, all I was going to say was that like they had some more. Uh, so Axie actually understands this and they are they are saying and basically choreographing how they're going to try to fix it. Uh, they brought up, I think they're making very public statements to Jack's effect of like, here's how we're going to keep people on the platform. This is what we're going to spin up that will be useful. So before I go into what they're offering to spin up, Bilal. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, no, no, that's great. That's a great summary. I was just going to build on what 
Jack said before, kind of zooming out and trying my best to say, stay very objective, not with my pro crypto uh, web three hat on. Your point, the underlying point was, if you take out the ability to make money, what's left, right? And I, I kind of agree with that specifically for a game because games generally are supposed to be fun to play. Well, that's generally what they've been in the past anyway. But what I would say, and again, I haven't really thought this through properly, but could we say the same for NFTs? You know, could we say like if NFTs, people weren't making money by flipping stuff, was there, is there anything there? Of course, there's some people that like the digital art and they like the fun of it and the vibes or whatever you want to call it. But the truth is, of course, most of us and a lot of us are in there because we know that there's a incentive to make money from it, right? And, and there's a way to grow and see it as like an investment. And of course, like the fun and, and all that stuff is great too. But if you were just there flipping JPEGs for zero money, you probably would do something else with your time for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So that's that's one. The other thing, the other example parallel I'll draw is you mentioned, um, you know, the reason there's a margin for those uh, or a higher take rate for those gaming companies is because they're hiring the best people, they're developing next level games. And again, this is going to hurt me to say it, but could we say the same for banks or the middleman? Maybe not HSBC, don't sue us. But oh like the fact that, bro. you know, like we go across the street, like for me, I go across the street, take money. I actually, I took out money from the ATM yesterday. And I was like, it's kind of cool that I can just go and take cash out from a machine when I need it, right? Like I know, like, yeah, I'd hate paying for stuff in cash, but the fact that I feel safe going in there, there's a camera, there's a security guard, like that's being paid for by the overhead of the bank which is made from that percentage of the pie that I am like fighting to get in this DeFi world. But in the real world, in the rest of the world, there's a reason they're, uh, you know, being paid for that. You can then argue, I guess the question is like, what percentage is fair? And I, I, is it Chris Dixon or someone talks about your take rate is my opportunity or mm -hmm. I forgot who mm -hmm. said that. But essentially that's kind of like the idea of like, there's a big pie, your take rate is this large, we can afford to do it at a smaller level um so i think it's like that sliding scale right now don't hold me to that bank thing i was using that as an example to illustrate the point i still find the banks kind of annoying but like um and i think there's a balance to be had here most people aren't going to go and log into metamask and do this crazy DeFi stuff right but most people also do want better than 0.01 percent in their bank account so that's a long way of saying is your macro point applicable to the rest of the stuff we talk about on this podcast mm. i think in so, in many cases yeah i think a lot of like the a lot of the explosive growth of an axie comes from it being like the first of its kind too right it's like the meme just rides it for into seemingly inevitability where like people making money get very excited um and i think the idea of the infrastructure of crypto is like it's making this thing investable at an earlier point in time right so instead of like waiting for this thing to ipo let's use a real world example for you to get exposure to it you can invest on day three of this protocol which i'm not saying is good or bad it's just different right because that's going to change Definitely. the outcome significantly because you're not locked up in a room developing this thing that people are, are literally going to pay 60 dollars for and get and and then pour another 500 bucks a year yeah. into it for, for not like they want nothing in return and i think that's like 
we talked about this with regard to like the creator coin thing where it's like mm. when you start to when you start to put a market cap on everything or you start to make everything like this liquid yeah. financial market in real time then the consequences of that for a lot of people are not good right and i think if you listen to like the hyper futurist view of this it's like this is going to be amazing for a lot of people but it's going to be not great for a lot of people as well because the network effects of the internet too where it's like oh i really believe in this art do you like when the value of the thing drops you've you shift into you're another in collection tech, <laughs> you're in another protocol yeah. right and that's yeah. like that's what i think some nfts like to speak to my own um experience in nfts like i i haven't experienced the same thing other projects and have experienced because i didn't deploy this as a financial vehicle right it's like this is a this is a a new medium for me to work in that was not possible before did it did it propel the sale price of those pieces of art because of the like moment in time and the meme probably and sorry right, Jack, to clarify you're talking about does the nfts you sell that you sell in visualize sell. Value, nfts yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah i don't think like and this is me extrapolating from conversations i've had with people that have collected work of mine they're not trying to make a return in two days yeah like i think like i there's been no um you know nothing that i can do to like support this work in this way and i'm interested in it so this is what i'm going to do and a, a lot of this comes down to like the language you can use around this legitimately right or without it's the same as like going and buying a piece of art you like at a uh, you know garage sale or an estate sale and then in 30 years it's going to be more significant than it was when you bought it right uh that's the bet people are making on art but if you compress it into like a super liquid like real-time market with like emails pinging to you every 20 minutes you're just like crapping yourself and then you're like oh god maybe this is a terrible idea i'm out and uh i think axie kind of suffered from you know suffered from the same dynamic on the way down as the way up because as soon as this thing uh, starts yeah. to crater it's like oh shit it's a token and yeah. the price is dumping i'm getting out and presumably there's a relationship between the market cap of the token and the payouts that people are getting so it's like the we talked about it with relationship to a single creator where it's like the accountability you have to the market is so obscene yeah you wake that, up every day. It's like, Jack, what, what happened, man? What happened, bro? Why? why yeah, is what's the roadmap? Going? What's the roadmap? What's on the roadmap? It's like, <laughs> if you want to develop this into anything good, like we have to go and sit in a room for six months and yeah. think of something. But if the market is demanding you, I mean, Fortune 500 companies complain about 12-week yeah. earnings Three reports. Months, like, yeah. And this Imagine is a like- daily one, yeah. Yeah, this is daily or mid, like Discord devs can the devs do something it's a, like it's a meme at this point but it's it's uh <laughs> this is like a i think a concept that has transcended the you know the centuries it's like if you want to build something meaningful you just have to like get people together that aren't incentivized to create a 10x financial return yeah. in two days <laughs> well there's two things i want to say it's like i read a really interesting article by uh, ali montag i believe is the author's name but she was basically making the case for not building in public because obviously we're in this Twitter bubble. Right. And like, 
people and Twitter bubble definitely skews toward you got to build in public. You got to show your numbers. You got to tell everybody what the progress is every day. But that doesn't lend itself to long-term thinking at all. Right. And like, I, I feel that personally, just like, I just want to hit, right. I just want to, Hey man, can I make a funny joke now that people will forget in six hours and will have zero long-term impact on like my potential as an earner or my reputation. Right. It's like, Having said that, if you drilling funny ass jokes every day, three times a day, that's consistency, right? But she brought up a great point of like, yeah, maybe working in public isn't the greatest idea ever. And I think you talked about it, Jack. It's like, sometimes you got to sit down in a room and just kind of do it, right? And then you show the world uh, what the product is. Yeah, we, we're like, we're collectively reducing our attention spans as well, right? The I think if you have an eight second attention span, you're like, two standard deviations away from the mean in the good direction, which is mental, yeah. right? It's like our attention spans just going, going um, parabolic in the, in the different direction, like the, the TikTokification of Yeah, of everything. Well, actually, everything. somebody brought up a, a very good point about uh, McDonald's, and I never thought about it this way. And I've, I've heard, you guys have probably heard about, especially in New York, like Bilal, you've probably seen like the slow move, slow food movement. Right? Yeah, you know, definitely. It's like people just want to eat slow food, enjoy. So I never actually thought about McDonald's in this way, but like McDonald's is conditioning you for this exact TikTokification world, right? It's like you see the golden arches, you know, within five minutes you would have had a thousand calories in your body. I I, I never connected, <laughs> right? I never connected that. That is the equivalent of the TikTok, uh, uh, how you have to get that 15 second instant gratification of dopamine. That hit. Like, that one billion right? served, baby. Yeah, one yeah. billion served, right? It's like, you're going in that, you, you, and so they, I mean, their line, I mean, they serve, uh, I wrote about this uh, recently, like they serve, uh, it's, it's said they serve 1% of the world's population. So That's call so about crazy. 70 Wait, is to 80 sorry, million. Sorry, 1% a day though. A day, yeah. a day. Which is actually, isn't that crazy? That's like 80 million people. That's not, it, do one out of 100 people at McDonald's every day? And it seems pretty plausible, Still kind right? of crazy, to be fair. It is it's, it's kind of so, crazy. <laughs> okay, so that, that's the number being floated. Uh, in that, in that, I mean, and we, uh, well, let's go to the one that we do know, billions served, right? Uh, and you know, for them, they're, I never thought about this either. It's like, they're basically a social network in the sense of like, if they're serving billions of people a month, I think it's pretty fair that they're serving more than a billion people a month, right? Let's call it half a percent a day. That still gets you to a billion uh, in a month. So if you call them, their monthly active users are like a billion. They're like one of the top five social networks in the world. And like, what is their interface? It's the menu, right? It's the drive-through. And all they care about is like, how do we get these people quickly as possible through their, get their dopamine hit so they know to come back next time like they have that hunger and the urge. It's fucking twisted. And I get all of that. I'm just speaking objectively. Like, that is what's it works, happening. It works, man. It's so yeah, man, it's, this, it's the... This is um, we got to drop at least one sailor reference every every episode, <laughs> but that's what he talks about, like the inevitability of a network when it gets to a certain size, and that I think the comparison is awesome. Like the every business is a network, and it's either growing or shrinking, and like the eff- efficiency in which it in, it interfaces with like nodes is how People. you measure whether it's yeah. <laughs> Measure whether it's going to grow or die. And then if it starts to die, you've got to do some serious intervention, upgrade the network. No, exactly, it's pretty, right? It's pretty remarkable. And this is what they did with the menu. So the last thing I'll say is, uh, so they got people's drive-through time down from 400 seconds to 350 seconds. So your time in the drive-through average is like six minutes from start to end. 
Bro, think about that. How much money do you think they made the extra 50 seconds they saved on each customer? It's just crazy when you think like, because it sounds to someone who's not thinking at that scale, they're like, oh, what's the big deal? But it's like the percentage change. The (laughs) throughput of people. It's dude. And especially like, again, if the demand is there and there's more demand that they can actually push through people, like it's pretty incredible what they can do. And they've got the the interfaces in the restaurant now, right? Where it's just, there's nobody taking orders. Dude. Sound like Jack's been in McDonald's recently. Yeah. Yeah. Mate, I was in Times Square. I was in there in Times Square a couple well, of weeks ago. I think ago. that night we saw each other. We yeah. almost ended up there <laughs> yeah. as well. Yeah. We ended up at a diner instead. But. Dude, think about how twisted the self order is, though. You have no pressure on anxiety of like, being in line. Someone There's nobody waiting behind you. Bang, bang, Dude, bang, so you bang. were just like, they're hitting you every customization option. You're literally <laughs> curating the perfect meal. There's zero pressure. It's so twisted. You are working for them. And yeah. you're paying more. <laughs> it's so fucking smart to self-order a kiosk, man. It's so fucking smart, dude. I'm, you're paying more. Go I got to ask you, Trunk, what is the craziest McDonald's order you ever made? Or both of you. Or like, I get, yeah, if you, we got, okay, if you want to extend it out, it can be fast food, but yeah, I just want to hear it. It's definitely, uh, the most memorable I had was, uh, it was a New Year's Day, like 2011. Uh, I was still living in Vietnam. I know. This is something you thought about. I, I will throw the picture up in the telegram. It's just disgusting. Because I, I remember because it was like the most disgust. You know when you when you wake up and you're hungover, you just you feel regretful, right? You always feel regretful. But then you look over. It's depending on what. Sometimes you look over a certain thing. Let's talk about fast food here. You're looking over the fast food. <laughs> and uh and you're just like, I that like I'm dude, before I finish the McDonald's order, let me tell you, I lived in Montreal at McGill University. And I that used to three, minus 40 degrees, right? Where you literally spit and it freezes before it hits the ground. Like this is how cold it got. And you go out partying and you wear your parka. I once woke up from partying in Montreal, my buddy's couch, full, all my clothes on, parka on. I found two hot dogs <laughs> in my jacket. <laughs> so I, I woke up at 11 a.m. Pull my hands in my pockets, two hot dogs. Just like, this <laughs> That's is, ridiculous, this is like, dude. That's not even the that's not even the most embarrassing order. This is the all in the preamble to the McDonald's order. It's something disgusting, man. It's probably hundred dollars worth of McDonald's uh, between like two people. It's like what the worst is when you when you wake up with a with a delivery outside the door that didn't make it because you fell asleep. <laughs> the McFlurry is out there with, yeah. the, with the apple pie. Who's having an apple that, pie at four a.m. Bro, is that your most regretful? So yeah, oh, no, finalized hundred dollars worth of McDonald's. What was the worst right. you had? I've definitely done that where I fell asleep, but. The one I will remember is my boy, Wiki, who used to live in New York, now in Amsterdam. Um, I think it was 3, 4 a.m. in the Lower East Side. And we, for some reason, at one point in the night, we talked about getting 100 nuggets or wings or something like that. And and for some reason, it was just a ridiculous thought. But by the end of the night, we were like, all right, we got to do it now. So we, we went and ordered a ridiculous amount. I can't remember the exact number. And it was absolutely disgusting. Like It was not even tasty. Uh, that's probably probably my one, and I'd, we probably lost about seventeen percent of people dropped off. But gone, Jack. We could do what no. But we how want. many wings did you? How many how many nuggets did you finish? Oh, I probably finished about seven, <laughs> and then it was realized like, what the hell am I doing in my life right now? But yeah, <laughs> mine was uh, there's a place I might not, might might still be there in Cardiff called Benny's, which is like a um, like a KFC, like a bootleg KFC vibe. 
And uh, they used to like do 50, halal fried chicken and that. 50 wings. <laughs> we used to do 50, like every, every night, every night we'd go out, we'd get 50 wings each. On every the way home. night. That was each. Every night, every, every night you're, every night you're out. Yeah. You go 50 wings at Benny's and would uh, you finish it that? comes like a KFC bucket of wings. Oh my yeah. God. Some would nights you finish I finish it. Wings? That's it ridiculous. Bro, you know how many calories that is? <laughs> oh, thousands. Yeah. It's in the thousands for sure. <laughs> wait, wait, dipping, can it, dipping sauce? Go, go. No, they're just, they're just fried. Straight Little okay. honey mustard vibe. Oh right, the last God. thing I'll say on food is when we, when Jack came here, we were talking about, um, we were having pierogies at Vaselka in the East Village and Jack had been out all day. It was his birthday. And he said, you ever had a topless curry, mate? And I'm like, what? <laughs> topless curry? I thought it was like the sauce is topless. Like, I didn't know what it means. But he was like, no, no, no. It's like at the end of the night, you go to the to go to get curry and you take your top off. And it's the topless curry. No. And I was oh, like, you know I was what? like that was the most the... English lad thing I've ever heard, Jack. Yeah, you don't want the stain. You don't want the stain. Yeah, you wear a white, you're wearing your nice Lyle and Scott polo shirt. You got to get that <laughs> off, mate. Um, so I hope you don't mind me sharing that, but that's no shout is, out Kyber and Swindon, great curry house. Kyber, so, uh, love it. They, oh my they embraced God, it. Dude. All right, great little interlude, boys. People, people said last time they liked the um, the Jack the factory story. So uh, we've mm. got to throw we some of well, There you go, man. And a perfect segue because we're going to talk about Domino's in a second. But um, the last thing I was going to say is Trung. You were going to say what Axie are doing to retain users. If I still remember, oh yeah, I'll, I'll do two quick things. Is that? Yeah. The kind of the roadmap they're saying is uh so they're not free to play yet, right? You have to go through this uh eight step process, which Jack tried to wow, you have to insane, like man. open two wallets, buy three or, or breed three NFTs. It costs like a G to do just to play the game. And you know, to their credit, they have millions of players, even though the mechanic is so difficult. So that's to their credit. But their one thing that they said that they're choreographed is they want to get into like basically be a be a free-to-play version and that could hopefully get into an app store or google app uh but apple right now is like have strict rules around nfts right they're like yeah we're not gonna let this in but uh the point these guys that brought up they did the research was basically saying like well actually all that does now is you create a top of funnel for a game that we think that economics aren't working out for right like you're gonna funnel these people to real axie and like we don't know if that works so the other thing that axie is talking long term last thing i'll mention is uh it, they're building it looks like they're moving towards uh really making it a world like trying to become like roblox uh mm. and then they're gonna sell plots of lands as nfts but uh, apparently the history of selling land in video games has not worked out very well i don't know how much this will change that but that's my top line understanding so they're gonna open up the funnel with free to play which is what they're trying to crack uh mobile gaming or free to play online um but it doesn't solve the fact that economics might be broken in long term. And then the other thing they're trying to do is uh, maybe create a Roblox type world and then mm. sell real estate as NFTs, which sounds interesting. I just don't know how that would work. Uh, I think I started off this segment as a little bearish on them. And I think I still have a little faith in them. I'll be okay. Honest. You like that? And you like that NFT real estate? Yeah, yeah I just, or... I don't know. I mean, I think it's just smart people can figure stuff out, yeah. but I do think it's not as bullish as it was like four months ago or whatever like they're gonna but i kind of felt like that at the time too it's like when yeah. farmville and all that stuff popped off you're like oh yeah this is kind of cool 100 million people are gonna play this stuff but eventually you know there's gonna be a new version of it so i don't know a little i guess we'll see 
I, I really liked how you guys talked through the hype cycles of things, right? It's like you uh, and how you guys had felt about kind of the crypto early in the year. Obviously, so many of these things are happening so fast that we're kind of experiencing the entire hype cycle within like three. It's amazing, months, man. Right? I can't remember another time for a long time that stuff has moved this quickly. It's, just, like it's every, outrageous. Honestly, the biggest blessing this in disguise this year is this podcast forces me anyway. Oh, yeah. Like I'm every learning. week. I'm like, oh, what the hell is Constitution Dow? Like, if, yeah. if we didn't have this podcast, I would have like put that off for four months and read it when it was too late. But now it's like t- 20 minutes. Now you you're an do- owner of the Constitution. There we go. Part owner. <laughs> Can't even vote. Take that. Take that. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, anything else before we move on to our favorite um, dominoes? Well, it Good dovetails segment. with what we just talked about, bro. Oh. Oh I mean, my goodness, we just talked about fast Don't food. say I wasn't planting a seed. It was all part of the plan, don't Oh my God, dude. Tee it up, um, bro. Tee it up. All right, boys. We're going to talk about dominoes. There's no better way to kick this off than meme of the week. This is 10 seconds. And shout out to the boys at Side Talk NYC. Let's kick it off. This is this guy's a legend. Pokemon. If you won the lottery, what's the first thing you would buy? A Subaru Outback so I can have mad strippers that give shape-ups in the back. <laughs> what are you going to be for Halloween? Ellen DeGeneres. <laughs> if you could go to one place in Italy, where would it be? Dominoes. <laughs> There we go. I don't know how else to bro. kick it off. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, wait, wait. I, he, hold on. He had gone, He had to have been joking when they asked him, <laughs> if you could go to one place, Italy, where would it be? And he said Domino's. <laughs> like, that's got to be a joke, right? Of course, that is joke, incredible, bro. The, incredible. The cut. The bat. I, did, I oh wasn't paying God, attention bro. to whether or not they cut that, but the speed of the oh, response makes it so much funnier. So it's good. just like did, did, did. well there it is man it's that said uh, that the tiktokification of uh, our brains if I it doesn't s- go that fast it's not it's not no, as good the, those guys i will say side talk i think a side talk nyc they, they're two just the two young kids from nyu and they've killed it on instagram and tiktok and you can just tell they've recorded so much yeah and they've spent hours cutting it down to the best 12 seconds it's like a Genius. crazy skill in that uh, so respect it. But anyway, the reason I wanted to start off with that was just because one is hilarious. And two, I think, look, Domino's, we're going to hear it from Jack Butcher in a second, but we're all fans, right? Like we're all fans of a uh, of, of pizza, obviously, but Domino's is quite a special business. Um, there's, uh, I think, Trung, you wrote a thread on this way back in the day called Domino's is a tech company or like lots of people have talked about that as yeah. well. So we're going to break down that. Um, but Jack, you've mentioned in the past that you would consider owning a Domino's. Is that still oh, the case? Oh my. Mate, hell yeah. I think it's the- like, uh, like talk about network effects. I, I used to live literally next door to one in Brooklyn and Dangerous. you go in there, like walk past it on a Friday night. There's like a, you know, like the YouTube worthy, like box folding dude in the window, like doing this like building the boxes because the the orders are going to be so insane that night so they're just like building boxes up to the sky in there um and pretty much every dominoes i've been past or in in the last two or three years that's been the case like you go in the tv is like stacked full of orders like they've got all the metrics up on the board and sometimes you got like one or two people running this thing and they're serving like dozens of people an hour um and the pizza's good like i know people get mad about that especially if you live in new york but i think that i think the pizza's good it's solid i yeah, think no, it's 100%. man dude gets a job well, hold done. on you out think of all the chains it's pretty legit okay well you're actually you guys are both new yorkers so like 
you have you guys have obviously had good New York pizza, right? Like you yeah. know all the. Yeah, it's spots. almost like two different things. It's like yeah. two okay. different so that's how needs. It's like chicken nuggets are still banging. You know, what yeah. I mean? yeah. like, <laughs> yeah. can't say no to chicken nuggets, but yeah. Okay, so let's be clear. We 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 all love Domino's. I love DPZ, man. Oh my god, it's just. Well, let's talk about. I, like, is, I love that you call it DPZ as well. Yeah, that's the, the ticker. ticker. Is it? That's the start ticker. <laughs> that's the start ticker. We're right, ordering. So back, hey, I'm a hey, love, we're ordering to, DPZ, DPZ tonight. Yeah. Is that what you say to your wife? <laughs> DPZ. So wait. So let's go back uh, to Bilal's first question. So Jack, you want a cash flow in business? Like, talk us through. Uh, how serious are you about Domino's? How close Bar are you? Barbell strategy, NFTs, exactly and Domino's. Incredible, incredible barbell strategy. Um, also like six dollar pizza like you can feed a family in Domino's for like 12 bucks oh my god pretty hard to do gar- man anywhere get, else is it garlic bread fun get those yeah food garlic food bread you got oh my god dude <laughs> this is turning to a fast food appreciation day, i know man. i know there's nothing wrong with I th- that i th- i think um there's so few variables as well. Like if you talk about like buying a restaurant or like having something that produces a product, I think yeah. Domino's is probably up there with the most consistent you can get. And like I've had Domino's in probably 10 states in America and they're the same. Every single time you get it, yeah, bang on the same. I know McDonald's and stuff is able to do that, but like I don't know what the difference in price would be for a Domino's versus a uh, McDonald's or how, or you know how easy it would be to build a franchise of either but dominoes you could build in like a tiny footprint store yeah. you don't need like a drive-through and a car pure park delivery and all that. pure delivery yeah. delivery exactly yeah wait have you no, looked I, into it do you know how much money it would i think cost? if you put down 100 grand you can get one That's let's just do it nia buys dominoes that okay listen nia <laughs> listeners oh my <laughs> goodness get in the get, telegram start hitting us up are we gonna the Constitution Dow, Domino's Dow, Domino's Dow. Can you imagine? First Domino's of all, Domino's Dow. I'm in, boys. The I can get excited about that. Yo, guys. Yeah, okay, listeners, Domino's Dow. Think about it. We're gonna start pinging uh, uh, probably ten days from now after everyone's had a chance to listen. We're just gonna throw in a Telegram group. If you guys want to do Domino's Dow, <laughs> and then all pro- everything after running the business goes back into aping NFTs. Let's fucking do it. <laughs> <laughs> do you know how amazing that would be? Oh my goodness. Mate, we'll be on CNBC. We'll be on CNBC. Know, day after this comes out. How strong no is that problem. meme, bro? How strong is that meme? Yeah, yeah, yeah. See how this constitution auction goes, and this is going to be part two. Well, no, all jokes aside, though, Jack, you've legit thought about doing a franchise, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> what's stopping you? How are you going to make what, what's stop you from making it happen? Figuring out where uh, I think when we land somewhere, I'm lit- I'm gonna properly look into it, and oh, like, like, I want to be. You guys, I want to be in. Lo- I want to be in situ. You want to pop in, there. hang out yeah, with yeah. the people, exactly with the people. I will say that not to call out our big brother pod all in because I do enjoy their show, but this is the complete opposite of Chamaf talking about seventeen thousand dollar <laughs> bottles of wine from nineteen ninety two. We're talking about nuggets and chicken wings and Domino's. I just wanted to call Bro. that out. Yeah, we're we're the people's champ. People's champ. Uh, Yeah, we could actually fund the Domino's Dow with NFTs. (laughs) Oh my god! Could you imagine the (laughs) NFTs for that? Oh, this is is generates a pizza, a rare pizza. Hold hold on a second. Mint a pizza. (laughs) First of all, 
to get, now that we've started with the Domino's Dow proposition, I'm going to talk about why Domino's is a tech company and get our listeners excited Let's about contributing Let's stick to, to the agenda. Domino's Thanks Dow. for bringing us back. To be clear here, that. you're not going to have access to cash flow of the business. You're going to have governance tokens. And, what you're, <laughs> and the only thing I can promise you with your governance tokens is you're given one vote a year on what sauces we should carry on the side <laughs> to dip your crust in. I personally am a Caesar guy, but uh, that's definitely going to be on the options. But here we are. What's funny is that after I reg- rattle off why Domino's is a pizza comp- a tech company, Jackson would buy regardless of the Dow, right? So here we go, people. All right. All right. Here we go. Real quick, Trunk, high level, just so yeah. people know, Domino's last five years up 220%, Buddy, $20 billion. Go farther mar- back, farther oh, back. okay. 19, Make it 10 year. $19 billion market cap. Yeah, 10 years. The stock price was $12. It's now $525. They, so bro, over to think you. Think about that. That's insane. This is a, it's a $20 billion pizza company because it's not a pizza company. It's a technology company. Let me tell you why. Go. Let's do it. Okay. Number one, customer data. They have 85 million customer profiles. Dude, you, you know if you're for a brand new social network, how much you would love to get that freaking data in your database, man? 85 million customers, 25 million people in the loyalty program. Dude, Jack, loyalty, retention, 25 As million percentage, people. percentage, that's outrageous. That's a third of their user base that's on their app or in their customer database. Okay, this is where Jack is pulling out his wallet to buy a Domino's. All right, man? 6,000 locations each have a proprietary sales technology. Domino's built it from scratch. And that's how you get like the little signs saying where you are along pizza the Pizza tracker, baby. Yeah, the pizza tracker, baby. Uh, 70% of sales are digital. What do you think about wow. that? Wow, love Is that. Is that attractive? We love well, that, yeah, yeah. To your point, 98% of their businesses are franchise owned. So they don't like they only personally own 2%, and which is the best model, right? They take all that capital off their balance sheet, which is why it's such an amazing business. Dude, you can order Domino's, and you probably know this in a million different ways. You can order on Twitter with an app on Samsung TV, Amazon Echo. You can order it from your Ford Sync app. You can order it from Slack. They have an app where you just open the app and it immediately orders. You preset the app to what you want. Bro, we're talking about attention spans. Imagine an app where you touch it and it literally just orders your preset favorite pizza. That's it. There's no friction. Hey, do you Uh, you know anything about how how often people order the typical Domino's customer orders Domino's? Any idea? I do not know that, but I, I believe they sell, the stat I have here is they sell uh, three million pizzas a day, and they got eighty-five million people in. Th- that's pretty significant. Yeah, they sell three million pizzas a day, so eighty-five people in the database. So what is that? Three percent of their database orders a pizza a day. That sounds like an incredible business that somebody that sells NFTs for a living would want to own as a barbell <laughs> strategy. <laughs> All right, uh, what else do we have here that's of interest? Uh. Yeah, dude, that's, I mean, busiest days of the year are New Year's and Halloween. No no surprise to anyone. Um, and yeah, 70% digital, we talked about that. But yeah, uh, you know, again, um, tech company. I was going to say uh, in my advertising days, basically every pitch you'd ever do, you use Domino's as an example. In what, like, in what respect? 
So their pizza tracker, for example, they've done loads of stunts over the years as well, where they did um, really good at viral marketing. They did the, um, they were filling in potholes in cities because oh. the pizzas were getting busted over the pot. Oh, incredible. And That's like, so you know, find a city that, that the local government is not doing what they need to do to keep the roads in order. Domino's is going and filling in potholes and then just spray painting Domino's oh over the top. Oh my God, dude. 20% of Domino's doubt goes to potholes. There you go. Yes. Add that in. Social, social impact. You can vote on the city that gets the yes. potholes filled. Perfect. This may be the ultimate Web3 application here, boys. Maybe you've cracked oh it. Get goodness, it the constitution get, when you can just have Domino's. This is incredible. Get Chris Dixon on the pod. Yeah. Um, <laughs> they did this thing with a moped where they had this like, it's almost kind of like, stunty but it got a lot of attention where you had like a pizza balancer in the back with like it was like a globe it was all lit up you put the pizza in so it's like it gets delivered in perfect shape they've just done and i think they had a like a kfc is another good example of this where they have a really good relationship with their marketing agency and the marketing agency has like this this has happened in fast food quite a bit burger king is the same thing like they've gotten really good relationships with a creative team that have kept them relevant and almost pushed them in this direction too i have no idea what the balance of labor and creativity is there but those are some of my favorite examples of like brands that have been really like at least lent into the marketing side of it in a really intelligent way do so some accounts get the a team which suggests then that other accounts are getting the D team. I mean, is this about accurate? Like if you're like a utility, you're a public utility, you're like, hey, let's go to this advertising agency. They're going to give you what? Like the intern? Is this what, is this? You're going to get happening? the, you're, you're going to get the talent that is consummate with your appetite for risk. Okay. 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 So if you're Verizon, you're getting, you're getting the, the bottom of the barrel. Like, okay, we need an art worker that can basically plug in this phrase from a spreadsheet into this banner ad versus like you're getting the can lion winners if you yeah. if you've given full creative control to your agency you're going to get the best people in that agency want to work on that business because they uh, want okay they want to win awards they want to write flex. scripts yeah 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 do super bowl uh, ads all that good stuff so after after listening to why it's a tech company so to summarize it's a tech company because it has its own point of sale system uh everything's just fucking integrated a through z right um and they built it all from the ground up I mean, the biggest kind of like stamp of approval was I think three or five months ago, Bill Ackman completely rotated out of his Starbucks position and went into Domino's. Like I was just looking because they've got $19 yeah. billion dollar market cap versus like 200 or something, right? Versus what of uh, Starbucks? Think, well, actually, sorry, wait, let me check. That no, no, S- Starbucks is huge. It's, uh, it's about Starbucks 200 Starbucks market cap. I'll read. That's the crazy, like, yeah, the market yeah. cap, 132, sorry. Versus what do you think 90? of Bill Ackman's book? In uh, I got I got to see the whole thing, but uh, I mean, I mean he's had a couple of L's and some really big W's, but uh, I think you know we should go through we should go through some of these guys' portfolios and see what the trades are looking like. But rotating for Starbucks and DPZ, respect that. I think he's. That move. I think that's an apocalypse play from him. You know what was the, the like the the thing he did on CNBC? Like started crying oh, yeah, about yeah, yeah, yeah. when he had the credit when he had the CD uh, credit default swaps. Uh, basically, uh, he had. He had bets on high yield bonds, and obviously, when Corona hit, the bonds just flew the the yields just threw, flew through the roof, and then he collected right um, because uh, the world thought everybody thought the world was going to implode. But to Jack's point, he was on CNBC crying and saying the world's <laughs> going to implode. 
Man. Oh my so God. I think the Domino's thing is probably a bet on oh, yeah. Crone, people like cutting a, back their food yeah. expenses. And staying at home, wanting convenience because they don't mm-hmm. want to step into Starbucks. Not spending, yeah, eight bucks on a like a cake in a cup. <laughs> yeah, because that's you pretty mean, defensible like too. Because people are to addicted fancy to restaurants it. versus staying in. Right. I mean, I think all the prices are up across the board, but I don't. Yeah, it's a crazy, crazy business. Did Did you guys, um, Trang? You already covered the the tech side. Was there anything else to call out on like what makes it such a solid business in terms of like its numbers itself? Like, the, Oh yeah, like, I mentioned it uh, to Jack. Uh, so I had to go after it. No, 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 no worries, man. Uh, the, the main one is like the very asset light, 98%. Okay. Uh, uh, and it's well, a lot I, of I should online point, delivery. Right? Yeah, a lot of it's online. Like they don't own 98% of the business. It's franchise businesses. So like they personally, their balance sheet's very clean. Super light, yeah. Same with McDonald's, right? Uh, McDonald's is a little bit different because they own the actual real estate. Like, I, you know the the saying McDonald's is a real estate company. We should actually do another segment on that because it is fascinating. McDonald's as a real estate company. Uh, but uh, so, what yeah. about? Do you guys have any idea of if you if it costs a hundred grand to set one of these up, what the expected rate of return is, or like an average? And if this is if you don't, we can skip this part, but. No, no, I literally got to the point of like the Google result, like how much does it cost to set up a Domino's <laughs> franchise? I read the like the promoted result and I was like, oh, good to know. All right, all right. I didn't even get to the landing page. That. It was just a snippet on Google search knowledge graph. But yeah, well, here, all right. Let, well, let's try to answer. Let's try to answer for Bilal super quickly though. Okay, so super quick internet research is uh, the franchise fee itself that you pay uh, Domino's is 25K. Uh, you have to have a, li- a net worth of 250K and uh, the investment is between 100 to 400,000, I guess, how much you want to do. But the payback period, man, this is the question, right? This is the, bala- oh, 5.5% royalty. Speaking to why Domino's is such a great business, they got like 10,000 locations. They're all feeding back 5.5% royalty. Oh, that's sweet, sweet royalty, man. Uh, I don't know how much you'd have to sell to make that money back, but... I'm sure we could napkin map. Well, it. we could pad it with some NFTs. Yeah. <laughs> Again, NFT with your with your order. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Um, that well, the, the, the other question fees, I was going to ask, a bit more of a serious question, but on the business side, Jack, as someone who loves creating their own brand, your own brands, and you know, I've, I've heard you say you love a good franchise and you've kind of built your own oh, franchise in a way. Great, um, great But you know, this is incredible franchise, like the way we talked about Costco the other week. I'm curious, like, when you think of that, like, why would you do something like a franchise with Domino's versus just doing Jack's Pizza Shop? So I think in, uh, I think we talked about this as well, like, equity, the concept of equity, like, you can either build it from scratch or you can tap Uh, into it. And Mm. in a endeavor where I am completely unqualified from building equity from scratch... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but I believe in the idea more honestly, more than like my conviction is high because I personally like use the product. So, and I think some people are more shrewd than I am in that they can look at a spreadsheet and be like, that's a good business. I want to be invested in, in that. Like every angel investment that I make is like a personal decision for the most part. It's not yeah. like a cold blooded, like that's going to make money. Let's do it. Um, as much as to my, you know, 
dismay that I haven't been able to build up that skill. But I think in the case of like, man, I think even if you make really great pizza as a, um, as an independent, um, that road, that hill, distribution, is just so man. Look about what you're trying to say. To distribution. Yeah, they, they have sure. it's it's distribution. Yeah, and it's that's like a that's like a in the same way you'd buy real estate for passive, like you know, it's tried and tested, like income. you know what, yeah. how it works. This to me feels like a you know a legit a legit way to do that and like do something that is like I'm interested in personally as well. Well, here's yeah. the last pitch to our future Dow uh, Domino's owners. <laughs> here's a napkin math. All right. So can we sell 50 pizzas a day? I'm going to say yes. $20 a pizza. That's a thousand dollars right there. So you're already at three, you're at 400 K a year. Mate, even if, it, if we set it up with a Dow, we would guarantee those minimum sales just from the press. Minim- oh, just from the, the oh, done. Done, right? So, like, and just call what I've called 10% margin. That might be aggressive, but let's call it 10%. So, the take home for our collective DAO, being the listeners of this episode, is going to be 40 grand a year. Remember, this is the first location. We ain't just being a one franchisee type of operation here. So, 40 grand a year, startup cost will be about 200. Payback five years. Come on, guys. And you we know go. we're going to execute. You know franchise we're executing. Let's call it franchise DAO and just start oh, buying just start up franchises. Buying. Yeah. Go from Domino's, I, get a little Chick-fil-A going. I love this idea so much. can't get so a Chick-fil-A much. franchise. You can't. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I forgot that. Yeah. And it's not open <laughs> on Sundays, which is the best day to eat fried chicken. So, well, What's some other good franchises, down. though? Halal fried like? chicken in McDonald's the UK. McDonald's is the Dixie crown jewel, son. <laughs> McDonald's. Oh, wait, it's Papa as a franchise. I would guess it is, yeah. Yeah. I well, mean, I can... Uh, the, the it's last kind of a cool thing idea. You know the well, cool I, thing about a franchise, I think, is like you tap into a strong brand, you actually get network effects from the bad uh, execution of other franchises. Oh, yes. So it's like you can, you can steal traffic from the four dominoes in your neighborhood because you're the best dominoes in the neighborhood, but everyone's looking for dominoes. So it's like this ratchet it up, like it's not always, I remember in Brooklyn, I used to get the one that was like two, two stores out by distance. Because, oh, but you knew it was more consistent. Because it's just like slightly better the way they put it together or faster or so I think. That's uh, all slapped. I think, yeah, it's, just, it's all strategy. It's all a game of strategy here. It's actually an interesting idea. Go, go on, Tron. No, I was just going to say, uh, I can rip off to you guys some, because uh, Bilal asked about franchises. We could probably end on this, but uh, here's some franchise fee numbers if you guys want. Burger King, 50K. Uh, I love Burger fee. King. I don't know why I didn't bring up okay. Burger King. So I, Burger King, I there love you go. Burger King. So let's work through. Burger King's franchise fee is 50K. Oh, we got to do a Burger King. And it's royalty. <laughs> it's royalty is 4.5%. 4.5% royalty. So as a point of compare, so you actually, wait, do you guys say you couldn't get a Chick-fil-A? Because actually this article says you can. It oh, really? That, the franchise fees are 20% of Burger King's, but here's the catch. If Burger King's franchise fees 50, Chick-fil-A's is 10. However, the Chick-fil-A rip, the royalty, 1-5%, 15%. Huge. Wow. I think Chick-fil-A's like operation, like their ability to instill operational excellence in franchises is pretty <laughs> insane. Yeah. That's the pitch. That's yeah. a pitch, right? I didn't realize there was a franchise for that reason. I thought it was like just like privately run and owned. But 
And then I'll just uh, knock up. Yeah, Popeyes is one. It's 40K franchise fee. Uh, Duncan, Dairy Queen, uh, Sonic. They all range between uh, the royalty fees between 5 and 10%. But uh, I love this. I love this. Uh, what the, I was just going to bring up Nat Eliason. We've mentioned him a couple of times on the, the show. He does a good weekly newsletter on kind of this space. He, he wrote a piece recently about like kind of real world DAOs. Like, like how can you apply the idea of a DAO and like the uniqueness of that to stuff beyond just like stuff in the cloud? Um, and he was talking about like a, a coffee shop run by a DAO or like a, like a community based thing, basically. Um, and, and so, yeah, it's quite interesting because this is, but maybe the first of his kind I've heard someone talk about franchise DAO. I'm adding that to the title. So, uh, <laughs> Dude, someone's gonna nick the idea future, but it sounds like a pretty interesting idea if we it's don't do fun. it somebody will bro sure Heard enough he's first. got the double uh you know nat's uh uh twitter profile he's got the two scrolls you know oh, he's in he's in, that he's in the game now, <laughs> he's in the <laughs> no. game son um all right boys i think that was a great way to to wrap it up we went a little over our time um no we, we're good for the recording time um that was great man anything else to to wrap it up boys before we close out no, it's beautiful. Post dude. your favorite franchises in Telegram and we'll, <laughs> we'll yeah. get this thing moving. You guys let wanna, us know what you and, think and, of franchise DAO. <laughs> and let's start asking, like, outside, NIA DAO, franchise DAO, Domino's DAO. Let's let's start down things up, man. Let, let's let's do let's DAO this. Fiat fan is fully no longer Fiat fan. <laughs> Convert it, bro. Convert it. I want to get my game. money. I want to get. I want to dump all my CAD, my Canadian dollars. I want to dump all my USD. Get you all just rid of my only refer to stuff by their three letter acronyms. <laughs> yeah, the yeah. FX and the. So it has to work in freaking finance, right? Um, All right. DPZ. Perfect, boys. But yeah, good one. Nice one. And as always, I hope you guys enjoyed that one. And uh, by the time you listen to this, it'll be Thanksgiving week. So for our American listeners, happy Thanksgiving. Hope you're enjoying some turkey and some fun stuff with friends and family. And uh, we will be back next week for more not investment advice, always for entertainment and educational purposes only. And uh, we'll see you next week. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, guys. Cheers. Cheers.